When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, friends, and welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. Baseball season recap today with staff writer Colin Taylor. I'm Emerson Phillips, and Colin, the Gamecock season came to an end with a loss in the Super Regionals to the Arkansas Razorbacks, and Carolina did take one game at Arkansas in the Supers, but Arkansas won the third and final game, 14-4. to Gamecocks kind of gave out a gas, it looked like, and Arkansas maybe a team of destiny. Colin, Arkansas ready to begin play in the College World Series final tonight. Arkansas advanced to Omaha, obviously, when they beat the Gamecocks and the Supers, and the Razorbacks have not lost a game in the College World Series. So it's Arkansas and Oregon State for the national championship starting tonight. Yeah, and I mean, I got to watch a lot of college baseball this year, and on paper and in person, Arkansas was easily the best team I've seen with my own eyes this year. I mean, um, just top to bottom their lineup. There's no easy out. Um, the, their pitching staff, they can trot out guys that are going to get outs consistently. Um, I mean, I, I think it'd be hard for us to find a better team right now than um, Arkansas and South Carolina gave them a run for their money. Um, it looked pretty good for the majority of that super regional um, up until kind of just like you said, they ran out of gas um, in that third game. Yeah, Oregon State scoring a lot of runs in Omaha at the CWS, but uh, Arkansas has not been beaten. So we've got uh, really what clearly has been the two best teams in the College World Series squaring off for the national championship starting tonight. And uh, Callan, Carolina did win one game at Arkansas. And, you know, we talked going into the Super Regionals about the fact that Arkansas had the best home record in the country this year. So Arkansas and the Supers was a tough draw for the Gamecocks. But uh, you add it all up, Colin, and the Gamecocks did win two games at Baum Stadium this year. That's where Arkansas plays. And Arkansas only lost four games, I think, at home this year. So half their losses at home came to the Gamecocks. And this has got to be something that the Gamecocks can build on going into next year. You know, Arkansas could end up winning the national championship this year. Yeah, and I know. I think they'll, you know, regardless of how the, the championship series kind of winds up, whether it is Arkansas or Oregon State, South Carolina fans and, and the team and the players can kind of take some solace in, you know, it took running up against a team that was the, one of the last two teams standing to end this season. I mean, they were they were good enough, and um, and they pushed Arkansas to the wire. They pushed, you know, either the second best or the best team in the country um, when everything's said and done, right down to the wire, and, and their backs were against the wall. Um, so I think this is a huge building block for South Carolina just in terms of, you know, you have more experience, you have some positive momentum going into next season. Um, and I, I don't think that can be understated how – beneficial that is for a lot of the young guys um, coming back next year on this team um, just to be able to push you know push a a team like Arkansas uh, up against a wall like that. No question and you know Colin one thing I think maybe we didn't talk about enough coming down the stretch as far as the Gamecocks are concerned is the fact that you know they won that East Carolina regional without TJ Hopkins they got hot over the second half the SEC schedule and didn't have T.J. Hopkins, who was a table setter, and I felt uh, 
you know, the driving force of the Gamecock offense, he was not available. He was hurt over the last couple of months of the year, and the Gamecocks didn't have him, but they were still able to make it to the Sweet 16 of college baseball. I think that's a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, and it kind of shows the fact that, I mean, and I would I think you could argue that especially in the, the East Carolina Regional, that Greenville Regional, they really didn't play their best baseball. Um, you know, they had to come back against Ohio State, and um, they didn't put up a whole lot of runs against um, the Pirates in that winner's bracket game, and then UNCW was kind of a back-and-forth pitching duel or back-and-forth offensive battle um, for a lot of it. So I think that it kind of showed that they were kind of, willing to do whatever it took to win and they they found different ways to do it and some of it came down to small ball some of it came down to guys off the bench and um i think that getting tj back tj hopkins back next year um is just going to add to the the amount of ways they can impact the game because now these guys have figured out a way to win without him and they get to add him back into the mix now you can't help but wonder how far the gamecocks might have gone with a healthy T.J. Hopkins this year, but that's the way things worked out. He was hurt uh, during the Supers, did not play. The Gamecocks stretched Arkansas to three games, but Arkansas did win the final game, and Arkansas taking on Oregon State starting tonight in a best-of-three series for the College World Series National Championship. So Arkansas ends the Gamecocks season at Baum Stadium in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Arkansas won game one, nine to three. The Gamecocks came back and won game two, eight to five. And then it was 14-4, to Arkansas. Uh, really, the floodgates kind of opened for, for Arkansas against the Gamecocks in that third and final game. And it just looked like Arkansas was meant to be. They were sort of the team of destiny, it felt like, in that third and final game. So, South Carolina, in its first season under new head coach Mark Kingston, 37-26, and the final record. The Gamecocks were 17-13 and in SEC play. That was during the regular season. Carolina was 24-10 and at home. They were 10-12 and on the road and 3-4. and in neutral site games. But the big takeaway for me, Colin, is uh, number one, to get the way the Gamecocks responded over the second half of the season. They had to play well, not only to get into the SEC tournament, but to get into the NCAA tournament. And then they ended up winning the regional and making it to the final 16 of college baseball. I thought the way this team turned it around over the second half without T.J. Hopkins uh, was a real credit to Mark Kingston and his staff and to the resolve of this baseball team overall. And uh, lost in the shuffle, Callan, is the fact uh, that the Gamecocks played seven games against Arkansas, which we know is one of the two best teams in the country this year. And the Gamecocks uh, won two and lost five. But a uh, building block going into next year, Kingston can talk to his returning players and say, look, uh, you know, we played Arkansas seven times. None of those games were at Founders Park, by the way. Six of them were in Arkansas, and one was at the SEC tournament. And, you know, the Gamecocks beat them twice, and I think that's got to be something that Carolina can build on going into next year. Yeah, and I think that, you know, you, you take some solace in that, and then you take some solace in the fact that while it was at Founders Park, you you know, you took a game from Florida, and then you had them on the brink of defeat in game three. Um, there were a lot of teams that, you know, they could have beaten. I mean, they had Georgia. They took, or they got swept by Georgia, but they played a few close games, and I think that if they play Georgia later in the season, they probably win two, two out of three or potentially take a game there. Um, so, and Georgia was a national seed and Florida obviously made, uh, was the number one overall seed, and, um, made the college world series. So I think there's a lot of positives you can take from this, this season just because they were able to, to beat and, and play really, really good teams close. Um, and that's just going to add to some of the confidence that, you know, Kingston's building, his staff's building and the, the players returning are building heading into to next year, which, you know, could be based on who they have returning could be, um, pretty good as well. 
So, Colin, let's talk about uh, next year's roster. Ten Gamecocks selected in the MLB draft just a couple of weeks ago, and that matched a school record. That set a school record for South Carolina. So, you know, hard to get a gauge on exactly you know which players are going to be coming back and which ones may sign pro. But based on your knowledge at this point, Colin, what are the Gamecocks looking at for next year in terms of these players that were drafted? Who's coming back and who's going pro? So right now, um, they have a few guys that have already signed. Adam Hill, who was drafted in the fourth round, signed. Eddie DeMurray is signed. Uh, he was drafted, I think, 27th in the 27th round by the Reds. He was the last current Gamecock drafted. Um, and uh, Cody Morris is signed. Um, now, Graham Lawson and Rich Chapman, who are both taken, I think, in the, the 11 to, to 14 round range. I think it was 12 and 13. Um, they were both drafted by the Nationals, um, but they had some complications during the signing process. Um, and so they're going to return just things with their physicals and um, just kind of coming off injuries. The Nationals, uh, they opted not to sign with the Nationals, so they'll both come back for their senior seasons, which is huge. Um, LT Tolbert and Carlos Cortez have not signed yet, um, but I, I fully expect them to just based on the way the, the MLB draft works and kind of where they were taken. Um I'm trying to think if there's any more. Um, yeah, I, I would expect that outside of um, Rich Chapman and Graham Lawson, uh, that uh, the, the remaining guys would sign. And they had some draft signees that um, Owen White signed, Taj Bradley and Blaze Alexander all signed. Um, so they'll not be coming to South Carolina. But it looks like they'll be getting Josiah Seitler um, as of right now uh, to come in. Uh, and he could be an immediate impact player. And then Brady Allen and Wes Clark, who will both compete for innings, are going to come back, um, are going to come as well. Um, So pretty solid draft all around in terms of being able to get guys to come back uh, for South Carolina. Colin, based on what you're telling us, the Gamecock players that have already signed, sounds like there's going to be some serious turnover to the Carolina roster next year. The Gamecocks lose seniors Justin Rowe, Madison Stokes, and Jonah Bride, among others. And you mentioned that the Gamecocks' top two starting pitchers from this past season, Adam Hill and Cody Morris, have already signed. So that's the top two starting pitchers in the Gamecocks' rotation. Uh, where will that leave the Gamecock pitching staff? You know, I think that, you know, they'll try and fill it. You'll, you obviously have Logan Chapman, um, who's pitched on the weekend uh, already. I think he's kind of your leading candidate. Um, and then kind of things get you know blurry from there. You could go Carmen Majinski, who started some um, this year and moved into that midweek role uh, once Logan Chapman took over as the uh, weekend starter. And then um, you have a few guys. You have John Gilreath, who started some games this year. Rich Chapman, who I think is better out of the bullpen but has started some. Uh, and then you, you'll more than likely after that look to your 2018 recruiting class, and there are a few lefties in there. Um, that I think could compete for some serious innings um, in terms of Colcanopolis, who um, was an Auburn pitcher and then transferred uh, to Chattahoochee Valley State and had a uh, a really good year there, had a sub-2 ERA, and I think went undefeated, if my memory serves correctly. Um, and then Julian Bosnick, who was a late ad, but is up to, I think, 91 to 92 miles per hour on his fastball uh, from the left side. So I think that both of those guys are going to compete as well for some starting innings. Colin, the Gamecocks had six signees, talking about high school kids that have signed to play with Carolina, taken in the MLB draft as well. And at least one of those has already signed to play pro. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so Owen White uh, and Taj Bradley and Blaze Alexander um, all signed with uh, their respective MLB clubs. So they'll obviously go straight into um, professional ball. But 
uh, Josiah Seiler, who was picked in the 12th round, I believe, uh, by the Reds. Uh, a few sources close to him have already come out and said that uh, he's leaning on coming to school. Um, so I think that ultimately that will be what happens, barring anything unforeseen in the future. Um, and then the last two ones, um, Brady Allen and Wes Clark, um, who were drafted in the 39th round and then the 40th round, um, have both told me that they're going to come to school um, and not sign professionally. So okay. um, it, it could have definitely been worse for South Carolina, um, but they lose a lot of impact arms, and then Blaze Alexander was a, a really good bat um, that they'll lose. But I think they have enough talent in that 2018 class that can really um, make up for that moving forward. Okay, so it looks like Kingston and this Gamecock staff, you know, got their work cut out for them going into fall ball, trying to assemble uh, a pitching staff and fill some key position losses that the Gamecocks have sustained at the end of this 2018 season. So, uh, all in all, Colin, I got to believe Mark Kingston's first year goes down as an overwhelming success. This is a Gamecock baseball program that missed the NCAA tournament two of the last three years and to make the Supers and stretch Arkansas to three games uh, in the Super Regionals, to me that makes this year a grand success. Yeah, and I think that, you know, when you look at, you know, especially where they were in, in mid-March, um, just from a, a – they were 20-17 and 17 and or really mid-April, I think it was. They were 20-17. and 17. They just lost to Presbyterian at home. Um, I don't think anybody at, anybody at that point would say that South Carolina was a two-seed, um, was in the tournament, much less a two-seed that would have gone on to um, win a, go to a Super Regional. So I think that, you know, the way this team finished – the way that they played, especially in the postseason against a really good Arkansas team and a really good ECU team as well. Um, to, to be able to do that, I think, kind of goes down as a success, especially for the players and, and the coaching staff um, this year. Colin, we appreciate your work, and we thank you for your time today. Good stuff. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. That's Colin Taylor, our staff writer. Nobody covers Gamecock baseball closer than Colin Taylor with Gamecock Central. And I'm Emerson Phillips. And we'll have more baseball talk moving into fall ball here on Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for joining us.